John, how can you always have the right TV for the right application without carrying hundreds of valves on your truck? You can carry the hundreds of valves on a trailer behind your truck. That's too funny. That would work, but how are you gonna do that? Maybe there's an easier way. You can use Sporland's interchangeable cartridge style Type Q and Type BQ uh, TEVs. Type Q is a conventional design and Type BQ is a balanced port TEV. Well, come on, I need easy. How easy is it? Uh, easy as one, two, three. And it serves thousands of unique applications. So what's the process? How do I put this together? First, you select the thermostatic element assembly. Then you select the body that you need. Then you select the right size cartridge for the application to get the proper capacity TEV for your application. And then I guess it should also be said you want to actually assemble those into a single valve. That'd probably be a good idea. These easy to select and assemble valves mean you're always carrying the right valve for the right job then. If folks want to learn more, what do they do? Uh, you can go to sporland.com and find more information on the Type Q and BQ thermostatic expansion valves. I guess that's Jim and John for Sporland signing off. We've all been there in the middle of a job, everything going smoothly until boom, you're missing a part. United Refrigeration is your one-stop shop for all your refrigeration needs. Use your computer or smartphone to go to www.uri.com at any time of day or night to check stock on your favorite brands, such as Copeland, Sporland, Carlisle Compressors, Danfoss, Emerson CPC Boards and Sensors, Corel, Hussman Parts, and Ketotherm. United Refrigeration Inc. is home to these brands and many more. Looking for information on refrigerant conversions or refrigerant banking? Quick access links on the homepage can get you to the information you need. All approved accounts are able to see live to the minute inventory and pricing. Product not in stock at your local branch? No problem. Use the nearby stock feature to find a local branch that does have what you need. Are you looking for a branch address, phone number, or after hours number? That's all available as well. Just click on the branch locator and search for your local branch. Have a model number and looking for a replacement part? www.uri.com forward slash ARP has a vast list of quick pick replacement parts. Just search for the model number of the equipment you're working on and click the replacement parts tab. If you don't have an account, click the register button and we'll have you online in no time. With more than 400 locations in North America, each United Refrigeration branch is fully stocked for immediate pickup. Our branch employees have in-depth technical knowledge so we can help you get what you need when you need it. Visit your local store or www.uri.com forward slash ARP today. United Refrigeration Inc. has all your solutions down cold. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Advanced Refrigeration uh, Tech Talks. So today we're going to be going over uh, three-way valves and modulating three-way valve troubleshooting and applications. You want to take it off the top, Brett? Yeah, sure. So um, three-way valves, there's a bunch of them that are, that are used for different, uh, different applications. You have your heat reclaim valves, um, which they're, they're going to act one way when they're energized, and you're going to have your split condenser valve, uh, which is going to operate a certain way. 
Um, you also have, uh, you know, some new electronic valves that they're starting to use a lot. Um, I've seen these being used for uh, D superheaters. Uh, a lot of times on cascade racks because they don't want to deliver, uh, you know, hot, hot, hot gas to the, uh, to the plate plate heat exchanger. Um, they basically uh, reduce the amount of heat, uh, superheat coming off the discharge line before it actually goes into the heat exchanger. So you don't end up separating or damaging the plates. What other three-way valves do we use? Um, you know, I think, well, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a regular standard HVAC three-way valve, like a heat pump. And we could. I mean, it, it's technically a four-way valve. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, never mind that one. Oh, so most of the three-way valves you guys are going to see are pilot-driven valves. So a pilot-driven valve is using high-pressure gas from a discharge or liquid and it is shifting that valve a piston in that valve one way or another way by allowing gas to go into a chamber and push a piston down now the way this whole thing works is so you have a solenoid coil on here and we're going to be talking specifically about the spoiling valves you have a solenoid coil on there when that is closed when that when that valve port is closed it's no longer venting to the suction and it causes the valve to build gas pressure on top and it causes it to shift one way. When you're venting that chamber out into the suction, it causes the valve plunger to shift the other way. So the way this whole thing works is it works like a hydraulic cylinder almost. So when you apply pressure one way, it, it closes the plunger and pushes the piston down. When you vent that pressure out of the cylinder, it's going to allow it to go to the suction header or suction, and it's going to allow that gas that built up in that chamber to relieve itself into the suction header, and it's going to allow that piston to come up, and it's going to shift it the other way. Now, when you're looking at three-way valves, like Brett said, the two main valves you're going to see is a split condenser valve and a heat reclaim valve. Now, the two major differences in these valves is one works either or, meaning it's either going out of one side of the three-way valve or the other side of the three-way valve. That would be a that would be a heat reclaim valve. So it's either going to be going to the heat reclaim side or to the condenser side or to the outlet of the outlet of that valve that normally open outlet so a split condenser valve is either one or the other meaning like it's either or sorry it's either one or both meaning when it's shifted and it's vented to the suction it's venting out the pilot assembly it's going to allow that valve to be 100 percent open now when it's closed and it's not allowing the suction gas to vent off the chamber and it's pushing pressure on there, what happens is it's going to shift that valve the other way, and it's going to allow the split side of the condenser to be blocked off and only allow gas to flow through one side. Now, these valves are they are fairly simple. I mean, there's not too many pieces to them. You have a pilot assembly, which is going to be directing your hot gas into the chamber and then bleeding off the suction gas. And then you have a plunger assembly. So that plunger is in a tube and basically that hot gas gets pushed down in the tube 
pushes the plunger down, it blocks the hole. And it, when it you know shifts the other way, it's going to relieve the pressure and allow the plunger to shift back the other way. So there's not much to fail on these valves. You have some seals inside the plunger. You could get you know copper debris inside there, uh, debris in it. Most of your failures are going to be strainers, or they're going to be leaks, or they're going to be um, solenoid failures. Is what I see. What about you, Brett? Same. Uh, and be mindful. I mean, sometimes you can have some of these valves that work opposite. You know, they will have the normally open solenoid on there as well. So just be mindful of, you know, yeah, we're discussing how the operation of this thing goes, but, you know, be mindful, you know, putting a different solenoid on there um, could make that valve uh, work in different ways. The other valves that we did actually forget, Kev, is uh, the three-way oil valve. Um, a lot of times you'll see them on the Carlisle 5Hs. I mean, I know a lot of them have now converted to the uh, style where it actually has an unloading mechanical solenoid stem, right? Like they'll have three or four of them right on the front of the front of the compressor, depending on how many uh, cylinders that you have. Um, so that's one valve that we forgot. The other valve that I was thinking about is uh, the electronic uh, load shedding valve that they use for, um, you know, uh, fucking stores that. It's a gas station. I think Quick, uh, quick Trip, uh, they utilize um, a three-way valve in case the suction is maintained on the uh, medium temp. They can uh, basically, if there's barely any compressors running, they'll, they'll shift the load over the low temp and just use it, use it like that. Yeah, I mean, it'd still be a standard three-way valve or like a stepper, but it would be a, uh, it would be a different application. But yeah. Along the same lines, uh, do you remember the Jake Evans valves? You were seeing those. I don't even know what you're talking about. Those black coffee can looking massive three way valves. Yes, yes. Where the end plates used to blow off. Yes. So yeah, there's those too. Like those have a crazy looking spider pilot assembly on them. All kinds of little cap tubes coming off of it. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those in a while. So I did that store retrofit I just did. There was one there. Those things were a nightmare. We had a store with like, they had them for hot gas solenoids. The end plates would blow off of them. It would shear the screws off and it would blow the piston assembly and the whole steel plate off the end of it and fling it halfway across the store. Well, someone's not going to have a fun time with that. No. And obviously then the charge would go bye-bye. You know, that always happens really quick on its own, but like when you're trying to get rid of it, it usually always uh, takes forever. It's funny how that works, right? It does. It does. Um, so, like those Jake Evans valve, same thing. Like it's uh, it's a normally, it depends on what it is, whether it's a split condenser or whether it's a heat reclaim valve. It's same thing. It's going to be energized one way or energized the other way. You just got to really pay attention to the nomenclature on it. The spoiling valves are easy. Some of the spoiling valves, the uh, split condensers, and the heat reclaim valves will have a B port in there. Any spoiling three-way valve you see with a B port means it has a pump out equipped with it. So meaning it's pumping out that shut off side through the suction. So meaning that pilot assembly where it vents out is also pumping out that side. Now be mindful, 
when you like use one of these B ports and you're using it in a uh, split condenser application, it takes a while to pump out. You're, it's not a huge orifice that it's going through to you know pump out. So give it some time. But a B port does pump out. Go ahead. Is, is that the one that usually typically pulls off the uh, discharge side, so it's just pulling the vapor out? Correct. So that usually takes forever. Yeah, so in that recommendation, I would say always put in a, a pump-out solenoid in, the, in that application because, like, like Kev said, man, it's just going to take forever to pull that if it's just nothing but vapor. And if you were to do it, you never just hook it right up to the top. You want it, you want that quarter-inch line or three-eighths line fairly close to the bottom of the pipe that you're pulling off so you're not having to wait days for, you know, like a big-ass heat-reclaimed coil. You know, we had one that had... Dude, I think the discharge line was like four and one or something like that. And if that heat reclaim ever shut off, it would take days for that fucking thing to pump out because when the manufacturer even hold it, what's that? If the receiver could even hold it. Oh no, it would, it would. But the problem was, is that the, uh, wherever the manufacturer decided to install it, they put it right on the top of this pipe. So it was just straight up pulling vapor all of the time. So it just take, take absolutely just forever. So the steppers, we'll go over this real quick, guys. The Sporland stepper, like three-way valves, are no different for the most part than troubleshooting a CDS valve. So you're going to have, you have a four-wire bipolar motor, and basically you have two sets of windings in there. You have an open winding and a closed winding. So you're going to have the ohm chart in there. So you're going to have a, a preset thing in there from Sporland. You're going to look at the manual. So, you know, red and green will have a certain ohm, ohm value. White and black will have a certain ohm value with a tolerance of what it should be. I think it's 95. Because those, yeah. those, have, those, uh, the six, the steps, I'm sorry. 6386. Yeah, the valves, the valves that have 6386 steps, that's what the ohmage is. And that's what those, those big MTAs do. Yeah. So you just want to, you know, keep, pay attention to that. It's like plus or minus 10%. Yeah, on the, on the ohm. So if it's way off, obviously there's something wrong with the winding. Now, tool for that, you need an SMA12 to test that. You need to be able to, you know, force it open, force it closed. Most of the time I see them things, if they fail, it's either they fail one way, they either fail open or closed, and then it's just like a CDS valve. It ends up failing, you know, it loses its place. It doesn't know where it is, loses its place. And generally it's because it's dragging in Half the time I see them fail, they're either overdriven, meaning it's driving too much and it's hunting, or it's programmed wrong. Wrong steps, wrong step rate, you know, and then it the, the, the valve is essentially murdered. Um, speaking of what, some of these more three-way valves, do you still, um, I'm assuming they don't use them on brand new, but what I remember working, when I worked uh, doing Costco's, we had... On some of the older racks, you had the three-way valves um, on the rack for hot gas defrost. Are they? Okay. I've today. What's that? I seen those today at a store I was looking at. Like it, it was like an old husband rack from like the yes. 80s. Uh huh. What a pain in the ass those things are to change. So I was gonna say, what are you doing? What are you doing to combat that? You're having to pipe everything, brand new discharge header and everything, or what? So you have you have two options. You either have to you know, replace it with a Sporland. and still makes those. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I see that. Well, they still make them. So, I mean, obviously, 
it's kind of a pain because you can't really use the DPR with them. What's that? Because it's going to be in line with the suction. So usually, like, the way their pipe is so tight, it's usually suction, discharge, and then the line going out to the suction line going out to the case. So if you put an EPR in after it, it's going to, the hot gas is going to hit the EPR. You have to have a check valve around the EPR going the other way. Hmm. So me personally, I'd like to get rid of them and just run EPRs and solenoids because I'd rather have EPR control. Like a lot of those old stores never had that. The cases just kind of ran. Mm-hmm. Well, they, uh, a lot of the ones they usually on the, on the diagrams, they usually had EPRs at the cases for most of those. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I cringe when I have to do those because it's like, oh, if you got to unsweat that, it's such a pain. You need slip couplings. And if you could get back there, and they're usually on those Husman headers where they're like those baby blue racks with like you can't get to nothing. You'd be lucky if, if it's that old, the header isn't going to fall over. No, I got you. Um, but with a lot of these valves, uh, you know, there, I believe there is a strainer right where that quarter inch line pilot line is there, isn't there? Um, on the inlet to the, uh, hot gas pilot line, there's, there is a strainer. Okay. Hey guys, today's episode is sponsored by Westermeyer Industries serviceable oil floats. Many oil separators contain an oil float to effectively meter separated oil back to the compressors. Westermeyer Industries has taken this concept and perfected it. With their new line of serviceable oil floats, these floats feature an improved design with fewer components, allowing for greater manufacturer consistency and up to 20% increased oil flow versus their legacy models. These floats also feature an integrated magnet to shield the oil path from debris and have been field proven in supermarket applications. Westmeyer Industries offer replacement oil floats not only for their own separators, but also cross-compatible models for our competitor oil separators as well. You can find out more about the Westermeyer Industries serviceable oil floats by visiting westermeyerind.com backslash floats. Once again, that's westermeyerind.com slash float. Let's get on with the episode. If, have, you ever, if you, have you ever seen that back up and not work? Yes. yes. Um, we had a we had a store, uh, Target store. They grenaded like four scrolls and all the little pieces, like burn up, you know, chunks of compressor somehow made it to that pilot line and it blocked it up so it caused it not to split the condenser because it wasn't allowing it to push that high pressure gas into that cylinder and push the piston down so it wouldn't shift and allow it to vent or uh to shut the other side of the condenser and vent it ended up being uh i ended up grabbing it and the hot gas line was ice cold so it was actually metering through there because it was it was so blocked up. It ended up pulling it out, and it was all stuck in the tube too. How much, how much luck have you had with rebuilding? Because uh, I know the regular uh, solenoid driven heat reclaim valves can kind of be a pain in the ass to rebuild. They um, are a nightmare. So, no. I mean, it's fifty fifty. 
It depends how bad it is. If I look at it and it's like, I could relatively get to it easy, then I'll probably rebuild it. But half the time you have to end up cutting a line mm. and coupling it because you can't get it apart. So uh, we we rebuild those, and like you said, they are a pain in the ass to rebuild, and it's just usually because of the location, right? But the uh, the MTWA or whatever the bi the bipolar three way valves, um, we've rebuilt I think three or four of them now at this point, and they're they're they keep sealing. We haven't had a problem. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know when at, at what point will it not seal with just brand new gaskets? If that makes sense. So. Like, I always get two sets of gaskets because I'm paranoid about it because I, I had one where we, we did it and the fucker leaked. Oh, no. And it was leaking worse than the, when we took it apart. <laughs> so, like, I'm a big proponent, me personally. I'd rather just put a brand new valve in with those. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't get nervous a lot. I get nervous every time I do one of those because it's a lot of work. And usually you're you're yanking on lines to get the damn thing apart because you don't want to have to cut everything. I mean, especially if you're doing like a two and five one. Like, mm. I mean, that's a lot. Like the last one, I had a come along wrapped around it, pulling back on my discharge line enough to get it just to get it out enough where I get to slide the piston out and then change the seal. And I'm not gonna lie, I put some RTV around it too. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I know. I, well, I guess I guess because you know you're working so damn hard on trying to get that thing apart and rebuilt, and all that initiative for it to fucking end up leaking would kind of piss me off too. I mean, it's super simple too. That's the thing. Like, there's not like much to it inside that when you pull it out. It, it's literally a piston, basically a, a or a, a cylinder inside there with a seal on it, and then you have a an O-ring on the face of it, and that's it. Yeah, that, that whole thing where all the Allens are around the body, that's the only thing that fucking drives me nuts with those. Like, well, you know, yeah. having to pull that shit apart in order to rebuild that one. I have bad luck with Allens. Like, I strip out Allens all the time. Like, I am so petrified of it. It's like working on vehicles and stuff. Like, I just, I have really bad luck with Allen keys. Like, I, I absolutely hate Allens and Torx. Like, I, I end up stripping them out every single time. Like that's the other thing. Like I always get a bolt kit for them because I'm 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 petrified. I'm gonna break the bolts. Really. So no. like with that stuff. Same with the like the defrost three way valves. Like you were talking about. Do not try to rebuild those things without without bolts. Like I've seen some old ones where guys will go to do them and they'll fucking snap the bolt, holding it down because it's like a three eighths head. You know, bolt on the top of those three-way valves. Well, you got to remember, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold for 10, 15 years straight. It's not insulated, and, I mean, it's rusty. So, good luck getting it apart. Do you spray any kind of degreaser uh, in any of the, the assembly, or are you replacing that whole assembly when you when you rebuild those valves? 50-50. If I can get to it, I'll, I'll just cut it out. If I if I can't get to it and I can rebuild it on the header, I'm just gonna degrease it, clean it up, make sure the seal's not cut. I'm not a big fan of putting pist new pistons and 20 year valves. Yeah, I mean you got to remember that thing's been moving in there for that long. I mean, 
I, I get nervous with that, like, especially sorts. Like if a sorts over like ten years, fifteen years, I won't rebuild it. I'll just change it. Well, I, when you say change it, you'll will you at least uh... the whole body? Oh, even you'll you'll un, you'll unsweat it. Okay. Yep. Just for the fa- well, I mean, just for the fact, my whole thing is like that piston's been moving in there for that many years. It's probably you know worn the body a smidge. Mm. You, go a, you know, go throw a different piston in there. I I just get nervous with that kind of stuff. See, I've actually looked down looked down on that. Um, by the way, when you're looking at at, at some of the stuff, um, you know, some of the stuff on the on the actual valve means something. So when they're when they talk about the B port, that's the the bleeder. Um, I'm trying to find the other one that they're naming it because I thought I had it. Because each each line has you know what you know, whatever it's designated it has a letter designation to tell you what you know what what portion it is, and now I can't find it of course. Do 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 do. I don't know. I, I can't find it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's one of those really long ma- manuals. Like a lot, a lot of times, guys is making sure coils are good, like making sure coils are wired properly. Like half the time on three-way valves, I find that that aren't working. Probably half half the time, it's a bad coil. I mean, they're they're pretty robust. Either they're leaking, or it's a burnout coil. Usually, unless it's after after they uh, um if it's after uh, gas retrofit and no one took the took the time to pull the, the valve apart, we're <sighs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> You're well, sighing because you know. <laughs> I've done it. I've well, here's the thing. Like generally, they they don't leak. It's fifty fifty with them because it's on the gas side. Mm-hmm. Most of the time on the on the retrofits, it's the liquid side that leaks every single time. Mm-hmm. Suction's like hardly ever leaks. Suction side hardly ever leaks. But uh, yeah, that's on the on the retrofits. It is, it is rough. I mean, yeah, we, if, if I'm quoting it, it's getting changed out, not rebuilt. We had we had one in the middle of the night that, you know, after X amount of years, it just decided just not to work anymore. Well, the three way valve with the heat reclaim valves, we've had a couple where they just shifted in the middle and they got stuck and that that's a nightmare that's where you start running into head pressure issues and like stuff tripping out because it's 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 stuck the piston is stuck between port a and port b and you got barely any gas going either one and that's a problem generally like when that happens you could hear it like if you walk up to like a stuck three-way valve and it's like stuck in between you you could hear ripping through both both ports because it's just it sounds like you know like a river flowing through because it's just high pressure gas going around both sides and neither one of them are getting good flow yeah we had we had that happen on a a, uh, split valve it just it gave up the ghost and just all of a sudden forget it it just it was causing copious amounts of, of head pressure issues and I, th- I think they ended up just pulling the whole damn thing apart and just, you know, because it was summertime anyway, and basically pulled out the guts and put it back together with a Hail Mary for the for the weekend before they could, you know, get a gasket kit for it. Yeah, I mean, 
the other thing is like you can go on Sporn's website and get the uh, retrofit guide. Like they have like a retrofit guide of all their gaskets they sell. Mm-hmm. Like me personally, I think almost every truck should be outfitted with like a gasket kit from Sporland. Like this is three valve gaskets. This is, you know, uh, OE 42 get valve gaskets, like a, a whole entire gasket kit for that. So like, if it does happen in the middle of the night or like you have to rip a valve apart, it's like, yeah, I may have a rebuild kit for it, but I got a gasket kit for it. You know? So like it actually gets, you know, resolved other than, you know, just having to, you know, let it leak or let it, you know, you're screwed or cut it out completely and repipe it. I, I had to do that on a three-way valve at a target one time. Like we, it was stuck and it was, it was a Friday. I had to cut out a two and five three-way valve. We had to repipe it up, repipe it around the discharge. Yay. Well, a lot of these uh, other three reclaim valves and stuff, the ones that have the big nut on there, uh, be mindful that there is a uh, gasket in between there. Uh, making sure that that is replaceable the Wolverine gasket so you don't have any uh, further issues when when putting that thing uh, back together because otherwise that sucker will leak yeah I mean make sure everything's torqued down I mean it's inch pounds like don't go crazy with it so I got I got a question for you so I you know I was over I went actually this week I went to Daikin to scope out their training center um, and they actually make it a requirement for all their stuff that they they have a an actual wrench torque or a, like an open end uh torque wrench do you have that on your truck because i actually never owned one no but i have uh crow's foot wrenches and you just throw them on there for the, yeah. for the inch pounds okay it, it's what... i mean i'm not going around torquing every flare but like no, but like the when you're rebuilding like a, like an A8 valve or an A9 valve, where like it's really kind of crucial, like how you tighten that thing down. Oh, I have an inch pound torque wrench. Yeah. So like I have a, I had to buy a, like a Tekken inch pound torque wrench off of uh, Amazon for like thirty bucks. Like it doesn't have to be like something like crazy accurate. You're not rebuilding motors or transmissions with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. You know, like you're rebuilding a centrifugal chiller and you need to snap on, you know, torque wrench where. Something's gonna fly apart. It's gonna cost a hundred G's. You you rebuild the three way valve. That's you know a couple hundred bucks. But like you don't want it to leak, and you want to do it the right way. So just you know grab like a a tech in gear wrench. Make some like anybody that make Harbor Freight has decent like torque wrenches for what we do. You don't need something crazy. It's just something you know you know what you're doing. Not just the Milwaukee Ugga Dugga machine. I thought if it was inch pounds, you were just gonna use the Ugga Dugga Junior. No, because even the Aga Dugga Jr. is like 50 foot pounds. Damn. Like those, those like Gen 4 Milwaukee impacts will snap, will snap the uh, bolts. The quarter inch impacts will snap the bolts on the dryer shells. I'm, I'm assuming that you're saying that through experience. Yeah, I did it like three times the other day. That's why I always I always have bolts with me, like because it was like the, the the original bolts. Obviously, they're like twenty years old, and people have been torquing on them, and they stretch. And yeah, the Ugga Dugga machine will uh, make quick work of those. But uh, all right, guys, thanks for listening to the three way valve tech tips. Have a nice night. Later, guys. <laughs>